It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. The Big Chief with a badge, a cattle prod and a head on a stick. Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio, where not only can you listen to us for free, but you can actually watch us for free as well. We are live streaming right now on YouTube, and we are live streaming on Facebook, and we are live streaming on Twitter as well. So, she has finally done it. Less than two years into marrying the most eligible bachelor in the entire world, Meghan Markle has split Prince Harry away from his beloved brother, his grandmother, the Queen, his father, the heir to the throne, and his entire family, who all happen to be royal. The bit part actress that rose to fame and fortune taking her clothes off in a little-known TV soap opera called Suits has now completely and utterly humiliated the man who was once everyone's favourite prince. She has ruined the reputation of the monarchy and she has brought it all a step closer to collapse. And let me tell you something, people. This has got nothing to do with racism. This has got nothing to do with snobbery. This has got nothing to do with anti-Americanism. Well done, Meghan, is what I'm going to say. The shock news last night that the Duke and Duchess of Sussex are to effectively resign from the firm came as a surprise even to Buckingham Palace and the Queen and the supreme arrogance with which they posted their statement on Instagram infuriated the many people who have worked so hard to help them. Instead of modernising the royal family, let me tell you this, they have effectively kiboshed it for their own selfish reasons. Moaning on about how hard their lives have become, they are insisting on keeping their free 10-bedroom cottage in Windsor, their free security detail, their free flights backwards and forwards to Canada and their free money whilst working towards becoming, in their words financially independent. What an absolute shower. 0344 499 1000. Coming up, we'll be talking to a host of experts, both royal and otherwise, about what the future holds for these two pariahs of the nation. I'm fairly certain I can predict a placement very near the top of the planks list next week, and the usual cries of racism and bullying from the woke generation of Meghan's friends like Bette Midler and Jamila Jamil. But as usual, we want to hear from you as well. Can't we just cut them off now, cancel the titles, cancel the funding, set them free to do whatever they want, and make them pay for it themselves. That's what the rest of us have to do. 0344 499 1000. You're listening to me and watching me as well. I'm Mike Graham right here on the fastest growing radio station in the world, on the planet. You can even get it in Toronto, guys. This is Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Well, well, I mean, where do you begin? Where do you begin with Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, who are so woke Let me tell you that they are the most irritating couple on the planet. They are the most arrogant couple on the planet. Cash and Harry is what it says in the sun. Megs it on the front page. Harry and Meghan quit roles amid palace split. Even the Guardian have put this on page one, for heaven's sake. Let's talk to Charles Ray, former royal editor of the sun, a man who knows a thing or two about the internal workings of the royal family and the firm, as it is known. The Queen will be absolutely incandescent about this. Only a few weeks ago, she gave her Christmas message in which she said that last year, had been a bit bumpy. Well, when I saw the story yesterday uh, about Princess Anne's daughter, Zara Phillips, getting done for speeding and getting banned from driving, I put out a tweet saying, I think it's going to be another bumpy year for the uh, Queen and the Royal Family. Little did I know how bumpy it was going to get. Charles, very good morning to you. Good morning and happy new year, mate. Happy new year to you. Not such a happy new year if you're the Queen of uh, this great kingdom of ours, because, of course, um, these two have managed to completely kibosh everything, haven't they? Well, absolutely, and you've just mentioned how the Queen said last year was bumping. <laughs> well, it's only January today, and uh, we're already well on the way to going way over the bumps uh, with these two. It was a 
staggering statement last night. And the one thing, well, the thing about the statement last night, it left so many unanswered questions and unleashed a tsunami of criticism because we don't know, uh, as you mentioned, we don't know, are they going to keep their royal titles? Are they going to give up their security? Are they going to go and work in Tesco? Uh, I mean, you know, whatever happened to uh, the sense of duty, um, you know, that, that, that everyone else in the royal family has had to had to go through and have to put up with. You know, they've all had difficult times. They've all had some terrible times, but they have always maintained their dignity. They've always maintained, you know, their one and, and only duty is to the people of this country. And you're absolutely right. And the most staggering thing about all this uh, is the fact that, is, from what we, what, what we found out this morning, is that the first time the Queen uh, heard about this was when she watched it on television last yeah. night. incredible. And that is absolutely incredible. The Queen did not know, neither did Prince Charles or Prince William. It, it's it just, it, it just amazing. And if you look at their new SussexRoyal.com uh, website, uh, and you see the statement there and the things that they're planning on doing, there's very little meat on the bones. And I suspect that we're going to be talking about this for months and months to come because there are so many unanswered questions that need to be uh, addressed. Listen, if it was up to me, Charles, I would be firing these two right now. The Duke and Duchess of Sussex, not only are they bringing this country into disrepute, they're bringing the name of Sussex into disrepute. I've got a house in Sussex and I frankly don't want to be associated with them anymore. <laughs> You know, I'm oh, thinking so of suing them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I mean, it's just incredible that, it, that, to me, this statement that they put out last night was rushed, clearly rushed because the sun broke the story yesterday yeah. morning. And they panicked. And well, done, and well done to them, and they've panicked. But th there's, no, there's no flesh on anything. There's nothing that tells us about their titles, the, how are they going to be financially independent? I mean, they are financially independent, if you like, at the moment, because Harry, uh, both Harry and Meghan, for different reasons, are millionaires already. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's a very interesting turn of phrase, that financially independent, isn't it? Because, I mean, we're all financially independent, i.e. self-funding. These guys are not. They get a bucket load of money uh, because they happen to have very rich parents. And we also need to know about uh, the, the taxpayers' money that they get at the moment yep. through, through the Queen. Is that still going to be paid to them? I suspect it's, it, it's not. Who's going to cover the, um, the security? Are they going to ask Justin Trudeau to supply the Mounties while they're out there? Or are you going to have the ludicrous situation of metropolitan police officers, you know, uh, flying to and from Canada uh, to cover their various shifts? Yeah. It's so... It's it's just amazing that the, the, that no one's thought this through. Well, I would I like I would personally like them to return to the crown the two million odd quid it costs to refurbish their mansion, uh, rather humorously known as a cottage with ten bedrooms. Right, I want the money back for the shrubbery. There's about thirty grand there. I want the money back for the wedding and the security that we paid for that, which is about three and a half million. You know, they owe us quite a few quid. Well, they do. Yes, um, uh, it's. But you know, as, I, as I keep on saying, we, we do not know what all this means. That, that is the big problem with all this. There's not been any discussion. And the other interesting thing, Mike, is, is that the palace statement itself, which is only a few short words, but in those few short words, it makes it quite clear they really are brassed off with what's happened. Yes, well, to say uh, they're disappointed is fairly unprecedented, isn't it? Well, it is, it is. And, I mean, I'm, I'm being told that, Disappointment is the polite word for yes. it. They're absolutely furious mm. at, at, at what they've done without without a buyer leave to talk to them about it. So uh, th this suggestion of early on that they were in the middle that they were in the middle of discussions. Clearly, there's been no discussions. No. Yeah, well, apart from apart from Meghan and Harry sitting by the fire in some Canadian. Uh, resort somewhere and said, well, let's quit, let's just move out and everything else. Well, they were struggling to get by, actually, uh, is the correct term I think you'll find, Charles, where they were in Canada staying at the home of a friend of theirs who happens to have a mansion worth $12 million. Yes, I know, it's, it's, it's a hard And another thing I want to, to, to mention as well is that in their, their statement later on, if you look on their website, you'll see that what they're going to do is not be linked with the Royal Rota, which is uh, the, the, the function where we, as journalists, turn up and cover yes. events on members of the Royal family. That's all gone. And they are going to choose selected journalists yeah. to come and pick 
and, and, and follow them. Yeah, so it's a bit like, uh, is, they're now acting like Vladimir Putin or uh, Kim yeah. Jong-un. You know, they only let nice journalists in to see them who are going to write That's nice it. things about them. We're talking about censorship, in effect. Yeah. And if they, and if they think the press have been nasty to them now, well, you can just wait and see what happens. They're about to get a bucket load. Yeah. And on the, point of the, on the point of the press, I would like all these people who say, oh, it's the nasty press that's helped drive them out, point to one story that's been in one tabloid newspaper that has been, um, you know, uh, critical of the couple in, in, the, in the way that it's being suggested that it was racist or anything else. We have Absolute rubbish. And we have criticised the couple when they've done things wrong, and quite rightly so, just as we would criticise any organisation or any institution or any celebrity who does it that doesn't play by yeah. the rules. Also, they represent this country. They are in a very privileged position to be part of the royal family. They are basically supported by the taxpayer. Whatever anybody says about his private income from his dad, you know, his dad gets his money from us. The Duchy of Cornwall and all the rest of it is all very well. But, you know, it's very easy to run a business when you start off with $10 million, you know, and it's not really in anybody's interest to pretend otherwise that this is not public money. But what about his uh, lawsuits? Because it was only, what, last year that he decided to launch himself at various newspaper groups saying he's going to sue them for invasion of privacy. Yeah. And, I mean, it's interesting now that there's, there are certain things that are falling into place now that this announcement has come. And that was a, a month or so ago, there were stories around about certain things being trademarked oh, by, yeah. the, by the couple, mm. like fashion, fashion houses and things like that. Uh, and, it, well, it now seems that that's all linked now to this this future, this future utopia that they're, they're planning on. Um, and, 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 I mean, I just, over the next few weeks, it'll be interesting to see how on earth this is all going to work. Yeah, exactly. Whether or not to keep the HRH. That is very, very important. Because, you know, the point is, you know, one thing you can say about them, like other members of the royal family, they have done an immense amount of good work with various charities, you know, the Vintus Games, have, have, uh, Megan's uh, cause for women and everything else. But is that going to still be part of their, you know, foundation? Um, and how are they going to cope with that? And let's not forget that Harry, just a few weeks ago, was, was going on about climate change and how we've got, all got to, you know, rain back on flying. Well, he's going to Canada and they're supposed to be coming back over here every so often. Well, yeah, but also, you can't pick and choose which bits of the job you want. I mean, I was joking with Julie Hartley Brewer there that I saw a great tweet today from a guy whose name I can't remember uh, who tweeted out saying, you know, I've been into work today. I've told them that I'm going to take a step back from my normal duties. I'm going to go and live abroad. Uh, and they've, been, they've decided to back me all the way. They're just going to keep paying me money and I'm not going to do any work. I mean, that's effectively what they're saying. And these people think that they can pick and choose, cherry pick the bits of the royal family that they can keep and the bits of the houses and the security that they can keep. Well, it doesn't work like that, does it? And all, yeah, no, it doesn't work like that. And, 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 and another thing as well is that some people are sort of saying, well, it's the royal family to blame for not welcoming Meghan. Hang on a minute. This woman has been more than welcomed into the royal family. Yeah. If you look back at the way Princess Diana and the Duchess of York came into the royal family, it bears no similarity at all. They bent over backwards to welcome her in and, and help her adjust. And, you, you know, all, all we get from her and Harry now is, oh, woe was me, everybody's been nasty to us. Well, the idea that they stood in what was a very, very deprived part of the world in Africa and actually yeah. gave an interview to say how hard their lives were while the backdrop was showing people that were literally starving to death. I mean, it's just breathtakingly arrogant and unself-aware. It was, uh, yeah, it, it was. I mean... <laughs> I don't know who's advising them, if anybody's advising them, but clearly if, if no one is advising them, they really do need someone, you know, to point them in the, in the right direction. And as I say, you know... I've got a no feeling one... that Alistair Campbell's working with them on the quiet to try and bring down the monarchy. <laughs> hey? uh, well, that's the one thing that's not going to happen. Out of all this, the monarchy is not going to fall apart. Uh, yeah, but this is the kind of thing that encourages more and more people to think that the monarchy is a waste of time and space. Yes, it, it does. You're absolutely right. It does today. But in a couple of weeks' time, a couple of months' time, I think we'll be back onto an even keel. I still can't believe that we've got yet another American woman who can't make it into 
the royal family. Mm. You know, as of Wallace Simpson and Edward uh, a few years ago. And yeah, well, had- I mean, we're in very different times now. The problem with Meghan Markle is very clear, it seems to me, and somebody pointed it out last night, that she is doing everything that a classic narcissist will do. If you get involved with somebody like that, they take you away from all your friends. They t- First of all, they take you away from your immediate family. Then they take you away from anybody else that was part of your old world. And you end up just with them. And that's what she's doing. So it's just going to be well, her and him, baby Archie, uh, and, a, and a, a collection of flunkies that do as they're told. Well, she seems to have um, uh, moved away completely from her own family. She hasn't spoken to her, fa- her own father for yep. uh, over, over two years. I mean, she came out with that load of tripe about how she helped pay her way through college and everything else. When we which was rubbish. Dad, which her dad, you know, worked extra hours as a lighting uh, expert yeah. in Hollywood, uh, you know, to pay for the fees and everything else. So she's cut him off. She's cut the the the, the members of uh, the other members of the Marco family. But then again, but then again, I think they, it was right that they were cut off. Well, maybe so. But she also told everybody that she didn't want her father at the wedding because of the way that he had behaved in the past. It now turns out that she doesn't want anybody at anything unless they're oh. her or him. That's right, and she's she's ditched a number of uh, of her old friends and gone for what can only be described as the sort of glitzy Hollywood um, celebrity set um, that she's linked with. I mean, these seem to be the people who are now going to be closest to her and Harry. And certainly all Harry's old friends will be going by the wayside as well. Looks like it. Well, what about some of the things that have been said as well by some of these ghastly celebrity-type hangers-on, you know, Bette Midler claiming that, you know, she's been hounded out of uh, the royal family by the tabloid press. I mean, absolutely unbelievable nonsense coming out uh, from Hollywood and from these people who know absolutely nothing. What a sad story, says Bette Midler. They hounded and bullied her until it was no longer tenable to stay, just like Diana. I mean, really, give me a small break. Well, no, 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 I I, I agree with you. I mean, the the tabloid, in my view, the tabloid press have been fair to uh, William and Harry, and I've criticised them when it's been right to criticise them. And, but on other times, look at what happened at the wedding. There was hardly, there was no one said against them. Uh, she was welcomed into the royal family. She was, uh, the, the royal jobs that she went on, dozens of people turned up and we, we, covered, we covered all that. All positive stuff. You know, I, as I say, I'd like one person to point to a story that showed that uh, what we said about them was wrong. Yeah. Well, also, what about this six-week holiday they've just had, which was supposedly to recover from their terribly busy schedule uh, and all the pressure that they've been under? I mean, I can't remember the last time they did anything, actually. Well, no, and, and this is another amazing thing. I mean, I, I was surprised when I heard that they were going to the Canadian uh, embassy mm. to say thank me for the holiday, which is unprecedented. I mean, other royals have gone on holiday in other countries have just written a polite letter. Yeah. It now seems that clearly they were at the, the Canadian embassy not just to say thank you, but maybe to sort out a few of the... Yeah, a couple of visas for baby Archie, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, quite frankly, Canada are welcome to them, and, and the, the, the less time they spend in this country, the better, as far as I'm concerned. Well, I, I would have thought as well that one of the first things they could have done, you know, uh, when they got back here, was actually pop down to Sandringham to see their grandfather, who's not at all well. Well, exactly, yeah. Well, don't forget, I mean, his, her, her own father, I don't think, has yet seen the baby, has he? No, no, no. I mean, well, not only that, Harry hasn't ever met him. He's spoken to him on the telephone. Yeah. They've never met Unbelievable. It's really unbelievable. And for him, I mean, he's obviously not the brightest tool in the box, is he? You know, he's clearly had a couple of uh, you know bangs on the head uh, when he was younger. <laughs> the point about the boy is, right, that he's been totally taken advantage of here. He's been completely and utterly, you know, cuckolded in a way by her. She has totally taken away any of his individuality, any of his masculinity, and put it in a box in a fridge. Well, he's certainly changed since being with uh, since being with Megan. There is no there's no doubt about that. Um, I mean, and you know, many will say that it's for the worst because I've said to you before that it's a that it's a very thin line from being hero to zero. Yes, and I think Harry has just about crossed he's crossed it. Line. Yeah. Well, as I've said to you before, Charlie. I mean, this is like a guy that you've known all your life who meets some woman. Uh, who's ghastly, awful. Everybody can see that she's awful and ghastly, but everybody can see that she's totally got him wrapped around a little finger. And the next time you see him is when he knocks on your door at two o'clock in the morning and says, I've just had a big row, I think we're going to split up. And you go, well, yeah. now I can tell you what I really think. And that's where it's all going to go end up, isn't it? Well, I hope not, because, you know, no one wants to see a marriage break up. But, I mean, as I, as I say, there's, there's a 
lot more of this to run now. And, you know, as I said at the start, the Queen's actually had a bumpy year last year. Yeah. Also, if they think by going to Canada they're going to escape the tabloid press, I'm afraid they're going to have another thing coming because what I can tell you is the likes of Kevin Smith out in Los Angeles and the guys that we know out there are going to set up shop in Toronto as soon as they move there because that will be a very nice little earner. <laughs> well, this is, this is the amazing thing about Megan when she made that uh, when she gave that interview to Tom Bradbury, sort of saying, "We know we don't have anything like that in America." Why not America? What about the National Enquirer? I know. What about TNZ? Yeah, they'll be. They'll, I should quite rightly say they'll be setting up a shop right outside, and we will be seeing all sorts of stories about the couple and Baby Archie. Yes, exactly right, and they can't get away from that. I'm afraid if you want to be in the public eye. You are in the public eye. If you don't want to be in the public eye, you go and live somewhere like the, um, you know, uh, the Rockies or somewhere like that, or you go and live in a, in a farm somewhere so far off the main road of any part of America that nobody can see you. But that's not what she wants. What she craves is public attention, and she, she craves the love of the public. She just doesn't want anyone to have a go at her. Well, that's, you know, I, I can't argue with you. She's, she's, certainly, uh, she's certainly changed everything that's going on. And as I said to you, we've got this has got a lot more to run once we find out the more you know the minutiae of detail that's involved in all this. And and if they think that they're going to get away without any criticism or, or controversy, we've got another thing coming. Exactly right, Charles. Thank you very much indeed. I'm sure we'll be talking more about this as the time goes on, days, weeks, months, years. Meghan Markle and the Duke of Sussex. Right. I'm saying right now we just fire him. Write a letter to the Queen, write a letter to your MP, you know, get yourself involved in, um, you know, Sussex County Council. Tell them we don't want anything to do with Sussex anymore. You can take the titles Duke and Duchess of Sussex and you can shove them wherever you like, but you are not going to use them anymore. Her Royal Highness, your Royal Highness, that's all gone. All the money's gone. We want the money back for the shrubbery, 30 grand. We want two million back uh, for the uh, reparations done to Frogmore Cottage, as it's laughingly called, 10 bedrooms. We want the money back for the copper bath. We want the money back as well, I'm telling you, for the wedding security and all the other security that we've had to pay for while they've been away for six weeks having another nice little holiday because they've been working so hard nobody's helped us we're all alone i mean do me a favor this is talk radio Icebergs of the way over. Anyway, listen, um, I've got some great tweets here, by the way, on uh, Harry and Meghan. Uh, here's one from Losty who says, Everyone in Sussex, write to your local council demanding you don't want this absolute shower representing you and cheapening the royal brand by milking it dry for profit. Um, here's one from Julian who says, Harry and Meghan's website says that only 5% of their office costs are met by the sovereign grant. 95% are funded by the Duchy of Cornwall. I don't know why they suddenly think the Duchy of Cornwall is like some kind of magic money tree, uh, which is all funded, of course, by uh, the good people of Cornwall. No, it's money that's made by Prince Charles's business, basically. And Prince Charles has only got that money because he got it for free from mummy. So he says, Julian, so I'm right in thinking they're keeping 95% of their income and only giving up 5%. You couldn't make it up. Well, I think that's probably right. Uh, how about a nice from Luke on the BBC? Mike, the BBC fleece money from us when they have no right. We can pay £50 plus for exclusive Sky programming, including football and darts on Sky Sports, and the licence fee tax applies if you want to watch Sky Live. And what if, you want to want, what if you want to watch Coronation Street on ITV? You have to pay to the BBC. Makes no sense. Well, it's absolutely right. The BBC is an overrated and overblown and overfunded organisation, and it's time it was cut back, in my view. Let's talk to Simon, who's in Orpington. Hello, Simon. Good morning. Morning, sir. What can I do for you? Mike, this, this exit, we need a referendum on it. We really do. <laughs> um, What's I the question, though? Well, should Meghan leave or remain? And I'm pretty sure... Leave would win. I think so. I reckon about 80-20 this time around. Yeah, I don't know where you're finding the 20 from. I think it'd be more like 95 to 5, wouldn't it? Oh, <laughs> maybe. I mean, yeah. listen, I've never seen so much kind of uh, disgraceful and disgusting views out there. People really don't like Meghan and Harry now. They, I mean, they used to really like them because when they first met, it all seemed like quite a nice love story and it was all very enchanting and people watched the wedding. But it's just gone from bad to worse, isn't it? 
Totally, Mike. And I'm with you. If they want to go, absolutely fine. Uh, go, wish them every success in life. But it's this half in, half out. What they're saying is they want the income, but they don't want what goes with it. So they're going to try and kind of do a half in, half out and then build their own income up. It doesn't work like that, Mike. The job that the royals do, they are visiting people who work for charities. They're visiting victims and people like that. And those people that they're visiting, they need to know that the royals actually want to see them. Otherwise, it doesn't work. No, exactly. And, and, and also, I, I can appreciate if they don't want to be in the fishbowl and the public eye and all of that. However, you know, unfortunately, it also, that also doesn't work like that. You can't just disappear out of it and still take money from it. Totally. It's not that kind of job, is it? It's, it's either you're in or you're either out. Mm. And the thing as well is, like, if they wanted to go off, they could go now. If they wanted to live on 50 grand a year between them, like most couples do... Um, you know, as a joint income, they could do that. What they're saying is they want a couple of million for the lifestyle that yeah. they're used to. That's what I think is graceful. Well, this is say. what's awful about it, right? They're used to now flying around on private jets hosted by Elton John. They're used to going to, you know, uh, beautiful resorts around the world whenever they feel like doing it with uh, with with sort of several Land Rovers in tow and, and several bodyguards. They're used to renting for free a beautiful mansion in Canada that was worth 12 million quid. You know, that's their lifestyle, but they can't afford it. Totally, Mike. And all this sort of, you know, mental health thing, I, you know, I don't doubt that can be an issue for people. We seem to have sympathy for these multimillionaires and they've gone off for six weeks oh, in Canada a, to have some break. time out. Exactly. Come on. Who else has had six weeks out? Uh, all expenses paid like they had. Yeah, I mean, I wake up in the morning sometimes and don't feel like coming to work, but I come to work because I have to come to work, you know? Exactly. The people who school are the ones Actually, who that's not true. I love coming day. to work. Well, that's it. The people who you know every I mean. day are, are the ones who are <laughs> the couples who are having to go to work every day. The ones who are bringing up the children. Yeah, they're the ones that we should feel for, not these multi-millionaires. Um, I think, look, Mike. Honestly, this time next year, the talk of the catwalk will be dressed by Meghan. That's yeah. why I see it, and that's what I think she wanted all along. She's getting what she wants, but she's destroying. Um, well, she's destroying our sort of faith in the royal family in the process. Well, this is it. They're doing an awful lot of damage to the royal family. Patricia's uh, tweeting me or messaging me on YouTube here saying, uh, oh, I think uh, Harry's got a lot of money left to him by his mother. Yes, he does have a lot of money left to him by his mother. She set up a trust fund for both he and William. But where do you think she got that money from? It was from her divorce to Prince Charles, who got it from Mummy, who's the Queen, who gets it from <laughs> the public purse. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it all goes back to one place. Simon, thanks for your call. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Now, what you can also do, of course, is um, contribute to the show. You can tweet us at Talk Radio. You can text us to 87222. But you can also write on the YouTube feed. And although it moves very quickly while I'm watching, because there's a lot of you out there sending in messages, uh, I will try and read as many of them out as I possibly can. So do do that uh, and keep in touch and tell us what you think. Uh, some of you, of course, are uh, not holding back on telling me what you think about my dress, about my ties, about my jackets, you know. It's all gone very posh here at Talk Radio. I think you should appreciate that. Uh, I haven't even got an increased budget for it. If I was working for the BBC, they'd give me about £5,000 a day uh, to go out and buy more clothes. Let's talk to Mike Ward and find out what is going on at the BBC. Mike, a very good morning to you. Morning, Mike. So, um, 
This is not the biggest story of the day, obviously, because we are going to be talking about uh, Harry and Meghan for quite a long period. But we're going to I take a little Sussex as well, so I'm as annoyed as you are. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, it's not their. It's, they don't have the right to use that no. name, do they? No, we, we want it back. For it. We absolutely want it back. They're going to call their Sussex Royal Charity. I think the Sussex Royal Charity. I don't no. like the sound of that either. No. No, no. Anyway, listen. It turns out the BBC is too reliant on its old hits, and uh, yes. that comes as no great surprise to me. But it's not as if they haven't made good television recently, is it? No, they make good television. I mean, you've got things like the, the trial of Christine Keeler on Sunday nights, which I'm really enjoying. That's that's excellent. And uh, But they've also carried things like Fleabag. I mean, it might not be produced by them, it might be independently produced, but it's still their kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. But I think the problem is, uh, this This is talking about this uh, um, BBC the report in, uh, into the uh, achievements of these uh, BBC studios, yes. which is this um, amalgamation of two sort of different units of the BBC. Mm. In simple terms, because I have to... Th you know, uh, talk about these things in simple terms because they're the only terms I understand. Um, their job <laughs> is to sell ideas uh, which bring in revenue that support the BBC um, in terms of being able to carry on doing what it does for the right. licence pair. That's is this is this part of that uh, dreadful kind of outsourcing madness that went on when, when Bert was in charge? You know, when they basically outsourced... I remember they outsourced the props department because I remember talking to some of the producers who said that now every time we have to make a show and if we need to go to the wardrobe department, we have to go somewhere out to Elstree where it's all been shifted from TV <coughs> centre um, and we have to see if they've got anything that we need and usually they haven't, so we have to come back and buy it anyway. <laughs> Yes, I don't think. I mean, this is more recent than that. This is this is BBC Studios existed by by, by that name beforehand, and then two or three years ago, it merged with BBC Worldwide, which is another part of the commercial arm, to basically, you know, come up with ideas that they can sell to, you know, rival broadcasters such as Amazon and Netflix and whatever, which bring in lots and lots of money and help the BBC to survive in the way we uh, yeah. know, and, know and love it. But they basically haven't come up with very many new ideas. I've just got on the BBC's uh, media website, which, which I've read about three paragraphs and my eyes sort of glazed over. But Sorry, it's sort what, of... So what, what is the BBC's media website? Is there <laughs> oh, is that another a... website? <laughs> it's just a website. Well, don't don't knock that. It's where I got my information from. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, but I mean, how many websites do they put oh, out? Oh, they have loads. It's, they... It's, I find this absolutely insidious, right? Because here we all are trying to make a living in the independent media sector, in the commercial media sector, mm. and everything that the BBC does is absolutely counterintuitive to everything that we try to well, do. Because, I think because you know, if you want to start a radio station up in huh. Sussex, for example, guess what? They've already got BBC Sussex. Oh, yes, they certainly In have. addition to BBC Kent... Yeah. Uh, and in addition to BBC Surrey. It's it's the corporate mentality, though, isn't it? It's the sort of... And I think what you're seeing with this whole business with BBC Studios, basically, the, the problem that the uh, the auditors have come up with is that they haven't really come up with any... The BBC Studios haven't come up with very many fresh ideas to sell. And the most successful ones tend to be programmes that have been exist, existed for years already. So yeah. they'll sell Doctor Who and they'll sell Silent Witness. But, you know, Doctor Who dates back to, you know... It, it's, it's almost as old as I am. Yes, well, know. I think it's, it's just about as old as I am. I think I'm just slightly, uh, slightly older. I'm not sure, but, yeah. I, but I remember William Hartnell. That's how old I am. Abs absolutely, Silent Witness. Obviously, that dates back nearly. That's pretty old, isn't nearly it? a quarter of a century. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah is this anything to do with this Brickbox project as well? That I to... No, I think this is a separate thing because obviously that's in, in conjunction with ITV, yeah. and I think ITV have, have a, a sort of greater. I don't know if they have a greater stake in it, but ITV seem to be the ones driving mm. Brickbox more. But it all. How's that going, a, by the way? What's it, the I don't think that. it's doing anything spectacular. No, it wouldn't be. Well, I'll be honest, why, I, would, know, as, if, why would you? From a personal point of view, I quite like it because I'd like to be able to sort of dip into old stuff, but that's just me doing my job. That's nothing to do with me being a sort of typical, you know, punter right. out there. Yeah, but would you actually want to pay whatever it is, five ninety nine a month for the privilege? It's a bit weird, isn't it? Because, you know, for the last, you know, 20 odd years, people have been used to going out and buying DVDs yes. of a, a series they might particularly like and want to watch again, whether it's Michael Palin mm. or, or whatever. Uh, and now they don't have to do that. So I would have thought it kind of, you know, if there is a market for those, that's going to die. Because obviously, you know, most people can access something online. Yes. And if they're only going to pay five ninety nine, they're not going to bother buying DVDs. Well, anymore. I mean, if you go on the iPlayer now, there's all sorts of box sets that you can that you can yeah. watch. Uh, which, if you you know, if you didn't have anything better to do, you could probably spend about In an entire honesty, year just watching it. There's way too much telly. I there mean, is there's more telly than we could put. I can't consume even a fraction of it. You know, so you think, well, there's just there are so many things competing for attention. Yeah. And I think the BBC Studios problem is that they they rely on things like you know Top Gear and what have you mm. uh you know which has been going again for, forever strictly another one that they make but i think if you work for the bbc 
you do tend to probably get caught. I mean, I, I, perhaps it's not fair to say this because I've never done it, but but I, I'm sure you get sort of caught up in that sort of safe mentality where you know the sort of things that, that work well within a traditional old-fashioned yeah. terrestrial TV And also, context. do you know, I mean, my, my sort of philosophical position on this and political position on this is that actually BBC Studios should not exist. And in the current climate where people are talking about looking back at the uh, licence fee and the structure of the BBC and how it's funded, you know, this is the kind of thing that they shouldn't be doing because I'm looking at this quote from a spokeswoman uh, from BBC Studios saying it's winning lots of new commissions with over 30 from third parties, including Apple, YouTube and Netflix. I'm sorry, you know, I'm not giving them money in order to make programming for Netflix. Why would I? Yeah, well, that, yeah, it's a very, very sort of dubious area, isn't, isn't it? Because you, you, you think, well, why should they have the right to do that? What gives them the right to do, you know, to have that sort of commercial operation? Yeah. They will defend it. And as I say, if you go and look at it, just goes on and on and on with you know, words like, you know, strategy and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but it's all rubbish, right? Yeah. Because it's the Ultimate. same argument that they make that they say they should be bidding, and finally they've given up on a lot of the sports, bidding huge amounts of money to carry Premier League football or carry the FA Cup or carry Champions League football. You know, it's not their business. They shouldn't be doing it. They shouldn't be misusing public money to pay ridiculous amounts of cash for things that they shouldn't be putting on the TV. Well, no, I completely agree. And you just sense that we're coming to the point now where something has to give. Right. Because it just feels ridiculous that uh, the BBC doesn't, you know, makes a lot of great programmes, don't get me wrong, but, <clears throat> excuse me, it, 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 you know, it, it shouldn't be allowed to have these advantages over people trying to sort of effectively operate in mm. the same commercial, same area commercially. No, exactly. Um, and, I mean, when you look at something like BBC Three, which was meant to have been abolished but somehow still exists online, which basically means that it still exists, period, mm. on everybody's smart uh, television, you know, they're still commissioning programmes, they're still making programmes, they're still putting them out. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, it never was shut down. No. No, it wasn't. No, it was just wasn't. It, you know, it wasn't on the TV that it we. It was taken off of like Freeview, effectively, wasn't it? <clears throat> it was. Yeah, it was taken off Freeview. But in, as you say, in this day and age, you just press a different button on your telly, yeah. and you get it just as easy as you could before. Yeah, I think they're going to come under quite a lot of pressure this year um, because I think Boris Johnson's certainly going to yeah, be well, pressurising right. the, the, the Department of Culture, Media, and Sports to look into the licence fee structure because you know, frankly, it's unsustainable. And there's an arrogance and complacency yeah. not throughout every department, but that you just come across this. On so many levels within the BBC, a sort of slightly smug, you know, super slightly. <laughs> Are you having a laugh? Slightly polite. smug. <laughs> if only it was slightly smug. And what about that survey that came out the other day, saying that something like seventy-five percent of people now think the license fee is a bad idea? Well, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. And, and with ev almost with every passing month. The, you know, our habits evolve. It used to be that our habits were slowly evolving from one year to the next, whereas yeah. now more and more people are thinking, well, <clears throat> you know, I can, I can subscribe to that. I don't want to see... You know, you have a choice out there, and nobody... Well, few people are going to subscribe to everything. If you don't have to pay for everything, there's too much to watch anyway. Yes, but so very, you're I going mean, to... very few people I know actually watch the BBC, mm. uh, or indeed any terrestrial channel. Well... I, I, yeah, th th which is absolutely fine and totally understandable. Plenty of people I, I know probably, having said that, I haven't asked them, but they, I assume they do, but I don't know. No, no but be very, yeah, I bet you find even, like, even the people you think will be doing it, there'll be very few people actually sitting down because of something that they want to watch because it's on that night at seven o'clock. I think, yeah, I certainly think in terms of watching it in that very rigid, old-fashioned, yeah. you know, shackled to the schedules type manner. Is, in is, real is, time, as yeah. we call it. I, I, I don't, but obviously that's, a, again, a different thing because the nature of my job. But even when I'm just watching as a viewer, yeah. I invariably watch it, start watching something about 20 minutes after it started at least. If You know, if it's on ITV, right. I'm watching it so I can fast-forward through the adverts. So, well, exactly right. You, you know, and so, I mean, one of the biggest horror shows of the whole sort of year recently to me, TV-wise, was Christmas television which was ghastly awful rubbish oh yeah, yeah predominantly unwatchable and, and the funny thing is that we still have this mentality that christmas tv particularly christmas day tv is a big deal mm. because you grew you grew up with that thinking whereas in fact pretty much everyone but bbc one have given up on that idea anyway and bbc one have sort of given up on doing anything original i mean gavin and stacy yeah but we didn't know that until i switched it on on christmas day and i was up in scotland and i thought blimey they haven't even got a harry potter film on <laughs> you know, which is on every other day of the year. Yeah, I think ITV have got the rights to all those at the moment. But, yeah. but, but, yeah, you know, and I think they now say, well, okay, we'll give them some traditional fare. So we'll put on Strictly, we'll put on, you know, Michael McIntyre, we'll put on Call the Midwife. That was awful. Um, and, and, and various other show. things over the course of Christmas Day. And then yeah. we'll save our big hitters like Dracula. Mm. Um, 
for the bit for the between. new year. Yeah. Why don't they just do um, a sort of fly on the wall documentary series about Harry and Meghan? I mean, that would go oh, well, wouldn't it? Don't get me started. Hey. Don't get me started. Are you looking forward to going to see them over in Canada? <laughs> Well, as everyone in Sussex gets a free... Well, yeah, because, I mean, we're paying for them to be in Canada, so I think we everything. should also be paid to go over there and, and, and gaze upon them and tell them how great they are. They can be financially independent. Just you, give, I mean, every, give everything back first and yes. start from scratch, then you'd be financially yes. independent. Yeah, I don't think they quite understand the meaning of the word financial no. independence. But what right. about um, uh, the other the other business, that you could become one of the uh, valued journalists that they want to speak to, you know, because, uh, <laughs> you know, you're fairly trustworthy, you don't yeah. write horrible things about them. Bound to happen. I mean, you know, you might be on the list. It's a similar <laughs> I'll be on some list. It's North Korea, uh, the prince and princess of North Korea. Mike, thanks very much indeed. Mike Ward there telling us about how the BBC apparently isn't making enough original programming for them to sustainably make sure that the BBC Studios department manages to keep running. Well, I'll tell you what, here's a good idea for you. Why don't you just shut it down? Don't bother with BBC Studios because it's not your job. You're not supposed to be using my money and everybody else's money for making actors and actresses rich. It's not your job. Do the news, do the sport, and thanks very much indeed. Uh, show where Eagles dare once in a while. That'll be just fine. Now, some of you may be thinking, this is the best news I've actually heard all week, or all year, or all decade. Harry and Meghan moving to Canada. Cheerio, bye-bye. Just give us the money back, please, before you go, uh, and don't ask for any more. And then I think we'll all be much happier going through into the future with Harry and Meghan able to do their own thing and talk about their amazing marriage with their lovely little son, Archie, all the way through to the next decade. We shall see. Let's talk now to Sebastian Gorka, uh, our good friend over in the United States of America, former strategist to President Donald Trump and host of America First, a great radio show uh, that you can also hear over here in the United Kingdom. Sebastian, a very good morning to you. Welcome. Happy New Year, Mike, and uh, happy impending Brexit. Well, indeed, it's all going quite well, actually, and we've had the added sort of um, icing on the cake this morning that Harry... Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are disappearing off back to the North American continent, so you'll have to put up with them, I'm afraid. Oh, did you have to send them over here, really, Mike? Come on. Well, they're going to be a bit. They're going to be up in uh, the northern lands, the Trudeau right. territory. So uh, you might be you might be safe for a while down in. Uh, you down you in... mean the fifty-first state of America? That's right. right yeah, the, the place where the woke uh, wake. Okay, I suppose you might say. Now, Donald Trump's uh, speech yesterday, his press conference, very much highly anticipated by the people over here who kept telling me, oh, you know, World War Three is going to be started yeah. by Donald Trump, despite the fact that actually Donald Trump, I thought yesterday, gave one of his most considered and measured statements that I think I've ever heard from any president of the United States. Yeah, it was so utterly presidential, uh, seeing that the, the, the key military leaders uh, of the United States are flanked around him. This was, of course, the man who we'd been told would, would create World War Three in Korea, World War Three in the Middle East. No, he sent a very clear message. Uh, we are at war with Iran. We have been since 55 Americans were taken hostage back in 1979. And we're going to impose even tougher uh, sanctions on that nation because they are a murderous regime and people like uh, Qasem Soleimani deserved to die, but they're so pathetic. We Think of this math. This is the mathematics of the recent uh, days. We launched one Hellfire missile, one, yeah. and we took out this guy. They launched 17 ballistic missiles and they couldn't hit anybody. That's how pathetic Iran is. But they, they, you know, the warning has been sent and they, are, they, they now know that uh, they're in deep, deep trouble if they try anything well, again. Well, I was saying this on, uh, on Friday of last week, if you're an Iranian uh, government official and you see what happened to Soleimani and not only that they took him out with a drone strike, but they not only knew exactly where he would be uh, in Baghdad, but they also right. knew which car he was in. You know, I was like, this is like something from Homeland and they can take you out at a minute's notice from a very long way away and they're getting some very good intelligence clearly from inside uh, the Iranian camp. Yeah, we, we have capabilities that other nations just dream about. When, yeah. I, uh, when I worked in the administration, I was told by the uh, Deputy Director of Special Operations in the DOD, um, if we know where the bad guy is, 
it doesn't matter where in the world they are. If we get the green light from the president or SecDef, the Secretary of Defense, mm. we can take you out in 72 hours. And that's exactly what we did with this absolute heinous murder of Soleimani. Absolutely right. Well, let me read you this little list of things that I saw yesterday and I wanted to mention. June 2019, Iran shoots down US drone. July 2019, Iran seizes British oil tanker. September 2019, Iran attacks Saudi state-run oil company. December 2019, Iran attacks US military bases in Iraq. December 2019, Iran storms the US embassy in Baghdad. January 2020, US airstrikes Baghdad, and people say Donald Trump started a war. Yeah, it's stunning. Isn't uh, it? let, 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 let's go back slightly longer. In 1983, 241 Marines were murdered by Hezbollah mm. in the Beirut barracks bombing. Hezbollah, which we know had been supported by Iran to execute that attack. That's, that's the largest loss of Marine Corps life since Iwo Jima, since World War II. Yeah. And we're, we're the people who started this war. Iran has been at war with all decent nations since it became a theocracy in 1979. But now the mullahs are in big trouble. Because look, I worked for Donald Trump and he was playing old Mr. Trump. I worked for him as his strategist in the White House. This is a very different individual. And when he says America first, he flipping well means it, Mike. Yeah, absolutely right. And is the sort of Trump White House now looking towards trying to destabilize further the, the theocracy, if you like, because there's an awful lot of people in Iran who want to see the end of this kind of regime and who are not the ones out there demonstrating and, and watching the funeral procession. These are the real people of, of Tehran who are not in the pay of the government, who actually want radical change. Well, look, uh, the important thing for your listeners to, to appreciate is that uh, Donald Trump is not an interventionist. He's not a neoconservative. Mm. He doesn't, there's, no, there's no nation he's going to invade. He doesn't believe in, you know, we can change people at the end of a, a gun barrel. But when you threaten us, we'll deal with you. When it, when it comes to the, the future of Persia, it really is up to the people of Iran. And the really interesting thing is, Mike, that they have had demonstrations across the country. They've had Iran set fire to statues of Khomeini, the yeah. original cleric. That's a big deal. And, mm. the, and, the, and, the, and the, the future is in the hands of the youth. And there are more people in Iran now who were born after the revolution than who were born before it. And they ha they've had enough. So it's up to you guys now uh, that the future of Persia, of Iran, is in the hands of the Persians. Well, he's also uh, managed to move the dial over here in, in Europe because one of the things he said yesterday was that he wanted NATO to take a, yes. a greater role. They've actually agreed to do that um, despite what some of the naysayers yesterday were doing. Oh, well, we, what's it got to do with the European Union and NATO? So it looks as though he's moving that dial uh, as, and he will do similarly with Germany presumably and with the UK. Isn't it nice? It's a bit like Maggie. I mean, I grew up under Maggie. Isn't it nice Mike, to have somebody who actually talks bluntly about things it that is. need to be fixed. Yeah. I mean, that's Donald Trump. He's not a politician. He, you know, he was a guy that built skyscrapers. And when he sees a problem, he calls it out and saying Britain, France, Germany also need to step up to the plate. That's what you do with your mates. You're honest with your mates. And, and, and now that we've got Bojo in the 10 Downing Street, things are going to get even better between Washington and London. Oh, they certainly are. Dominic Raab, I think, is coming over to see uh, Pompeo right. shortly, and uh, it'd be interesting to see what comes out of that. And what about the, the, the kind of the reining in of the nuclear um, program in Iran? Because he was very clear about that as well. He said, you know, as long as I'm president of the United States, Iran will not be able to have a nuclear device of any kind. Mike, the, the stunning thing is that was that was his first sentence. Yes. And th then he said, "Good morning." So I think the message <laughs> was was received in Tehran. And this is also very important. This has to go to the uh, the tweet he sent out the day before, when the when the president said, "We have 52 targets for the 52 hostages Iran took." Um, and in, those include sites of cultural importance. He's not talking about UNESCO heritage sites. I mean, that, that, that is quintessential fake news. Uh, sites of cultural importance right now under the Mullahs include the nuclear research facility. So if, if they dare escalate, uh, I'm not going to say anything else, but you know, it's pretty, pretty solid betting that one of the first targets we're going to take out is their nuclear facilities. Yeah. And what about the old woke celebrities? Because I have to say, we've started a new TV show here at Talk Radio called Plank of the Week. Um, and Michael Moore uh, and Rose McGowan made their way onto that for their ridiculous tweets to Iran, basically uh, saying that they would like the Iranians not to kill us 
um, and we will we will deal with our president back home at our end. <laughs> it's it's worse than ridiculous. It's incredible, Rose, isn't it? Rose McGowan saying, "I am held hostage in Trump's America." Well, get on that bloody plane in mm. Los Angeles and bog off somewhere else. <laughs> Quite. M- Michael Moore tweeting to the Ayatollah in Farsi. If this were World War Two, there are charges for that. It's called providing succor and aid to our enemies. So, you know, there's wokeness that's amusing, you know, the kind of stuff that Ricky Gervais made fun of. Yes. And then there's stuff that's seditious, and yes. this is borderline on the seditious. I think you're absolutely right. It's a shocking state of affairs, but we've had, you know, luckily we've had an election here, so most of that kind of ghastliness about Boris Johnson has disappeared completely from trace now. Uh, the Ramonas have, have, have been vanquished, they've disappeared, they've got nothing to say, and I guess if Donald Trump wins another election, it'll be the same there. Uh, you know, the only trouble is, and we've got uh, 298 days left to the election, yeah. can you imagine what happens if he gets re-elected? I mean, does the sheer insanity... <laughs> Will, will get even worse. These are people who told us for two, two and a half years, Russia, 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 collusion, yeah. and then that disappeared. Right. Then it was Ukraine, 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 and then it was impeachment, and now they won't even send the articles of impeachment to the Senate. These guys are mental because the only crime Donald Trump ever, ever committed was defeating Hillary Clinton fair and square. Absolutely right. Sebastian, great to talk to you. When can we hear you next on America First? When is that going out? Uh, I'll be, uh, it's uh, five hours difference, so it's 8 p.m. your time, three hours uh, live from Washington, D.C., and you can check us out at sebgorka.com. That's S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A, or on you know, the usual iTunes podcasts and everywhere else. Great stuff, Sebastian. Good to talk to you. Thanks very much indeed. Sebastian Gorka, former strategist to President Trump uh, when he was first in the White House. Uh, a great man, a great radio show, worth listening to, by the way, uh, so get on to that uh, as soon as you can. I occasionally guest uh, on his show as he does on mine. Lots more for us to do before one o'clock. It's only 15 minutes left, bizarrely. Uh, we're almost at the end of yesterday another show. It's almost at the end of another week as well. It's been an incredible week here at the Independent Republican Mike Graham. We've been live streaming the show continuously from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We're now on Thursday. Uh, loads of you are joining uh, the merry throng. There's lots of great uh, uh, statements being made and, and messages being sent to us. We'll read out some more of those as soon as we can. Uh, here's one uh, uh, from Nigel. who says, Gorka was one of the first on the Trump A train, so he's been around for a while. Well, he has, and he knows Donald Trump very well. And in fact, his uh, Twitter account basically starts off with a message from uh, Donald Trump bigging him up, saying, you know, he's the guy. So he is definitely the guy. 0344 499 1000 is the number. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio via DAB online or via the Talk Radio app. And if you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us on 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.